Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I opened the door and stood on the running boards while going because I was falling asleep and I thought this will wake me up. This is Sunday School. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Yeah. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. Sorry, Penn Gillette. My name is Mike Goudeau. Matt's on the road, but Penn Ready Rich and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas. The Penn and Teller Show is back from Australia, and on today's episode, our mate Penn will describe all the gory and or delightful details of his down-under adventure. Here he is, preaching those. Mr. Pendulette, I'm preaching love from down under. Down under, I don't know why. I'm home. Uh, yeah, they, they have they have the random floating R's down in uh, Australia, which makes me very comfortable because you know Massachusetts has the random floating R's. We pull them out of some places, put them in other places. Experiment, put it put an R in there. You know, Ka, <laughs> take the R out. Ka, yeah. Yep. So. Uh, Free floating. So you were able you were able to communicate with them easily, fairly well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good with accents, but I did okay with because Australia's accent. I mean, we can. I don't. People talk about it being the English mostly talk about it being an ugly accent, right. but for me, there's at least the clarity of communication. Sure, I can understand them most of the time. No, I didn't go into the outback. Or anything like that. I don't even know what the outback is other than a steakhouse. Yeah, you didn't even know the word. No, I don't even know the word. You didn't have any blooming onion while you were down there. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what the word means. All right, but Australia. You know, we've never played Australia. And you saw the inside of those beautiful Australian theaters. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I actually looked at it. I made a mo. I made a moment out of it. All right, because I had. Uh, for those who don't know. And why would you know? I had decided to never look at the Sydney Opera House <laughs> when I was in Sydney last time. Yeah. We went down working on Tim's Vermeer. Yes. And I was, uh, I decided when I get to Sydney that the Sydney Opera House was a cliche. Yeah. That every single establishing shot of Australia in every movie showed the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. And I was really, really disgusted when <laughs> I watched um, Unbelievers, which is the Richard Dawkins. Yeah, the um, tour. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawrence Krauss. Yeah, tour. It's it's about atheism. It's about two brilliant people talking on stage, mm -hmm. and they do a long, lingering, establishing <laughs> shot of the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck you, every filmmaker that ever <laughs> shot the Sydney Opera House. Fuck you, everybody ever took a picture of it. Uh, I'm just sick of it." You know, I mean, with, at least when they shoot the New York skyline, 
They shoot different different stuff. spots. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Chicago. They shoot different yeah. spots. You know, L.A. They shoot different spots. They show you this is a skyline. Right. They try to tell us there's nothing at all in Sydney except that right. sailboat clamshell <laughs> jive ass yeah. thing. They've got an X painted on the floor where you're supposed to shoot the shot. Exactly. Here's the one. They have shot. a little. They have a little circle. This the <laughs> shot, and then every filmmaker does it. Yeah. So I was just sick of it, and I said, I'm not falling for this hype. I'm not buying the hype. Mm. I'm not going to look at this. So uh, when I was in there last time, every time they drove me by it, I covered my eyes. <laughs> I looked down. When the airplane was flying in, this, I looked away. This is not healthy. I just want to tell you right now as your friend, this is not healthy. What is it? Trying to avoid looking at the Sydney Opera House well, is a little too obsessive. That's well, what I decided to do was I, I, thought, I considered doing I got to be very careful because when I decide to do something, I very much do it. Yeah. But I consider a lot of things. I don't make the final decision. And where that lifting from the chess piece is, <laughs> is a personal thing in my mind, right. right? When I take my finger off the chess piece, I mean, I considered learning Spanish. Yes. And then when it went to 90 minutes a day, every day, never miss, <laughs> that's when the finger comes off the chess piece. Yeah. You know. Learning I, Spanish. I, I thought about... I thought about losing weight for 25 years. Yeah. And then with Gray Ray, the finger came off the chest piece and I was losing weight. So I did not take my finger off the chest piece and I'm never going to look at the Sydney <laughs> Opera House. But I considered it seriously. I held that queen in place where the knight could get her mm -hmm. for a really long time, but didn't take my finger off it. So I talked with um, Glenn. And I said, I can't walk <laughs> to the theater not being able so to. Someone has to pick me up in a cardboard box. <laughs> I guess I should. I guess I should put this a different way. I mean, I get, give some information. We were playing the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> we were booked in the Sydney Opera House, and I said to Glenn, he said, it's, you know, it's it's one of the most beautiful theaters in the world. You'll be playing there. And I went, oh, geez. He said, what? I, said, I don't want to ever see it. And he said, all right, you know, the long suffering Glenn. Who, by the way, when he was in Australia, several times he was standing out in his suit. Glenn yeah. always looks always dapper. looks nice, yes. And he was standing by um, the merchandise, talking to the person. Okay. And more than once, like three or four times, because of his carriage and because of what he was doing, talking to a salesperson, people go up to him and said, are you the long-suffering Glenn? <laughs> so the long-suffering Glenn... Finally, some recognition. I said to him, well, if I if I were going to play the Sydney Opera House, I, I can't walk to the theater. And he said, well, the theater's only, you know, the hotel we're picking is very close. And I said, right, but I don't want to see the Sydney Opera House. And he went, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we planned to get a car for me. Then I put a bag over my head, and there's an underground entrance. <laughs> so I did have it scoped out that I could play the Sydney Opera House for two weeks and never see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I got there the first day and I was going out to try to find something to eat and I was holding my hand over my <laughs> eyes and I was looking at my feet because I knew I was in the vicinity of the Sydney <laughs> Opera House. And I finally said, I'm not taking, I'm going to move the piece back. I'm not gonna, <laughs> that's, that's not the position I'm taking. So I have a picture of me seeing the Sydney Opera House live for the first time. <laughs> I want to say again, Sydney Opera House is beautiful. Yes, it is. If I were making a film 
and I wanted to shoot an outside shot, I would shoot the Sydney Opera House, except it's been ruined. That's my point. You understand my point? I do understand your point. It is a little overused. Yeah. So I um, I played the Sydney Opera House, and we've never played down there. We went down there to shoot some Tim's Vermeer stuff. Yeah. So we were we were in Australia. Yeah. I was in Australia with Teller a long right, time ago. Right. We were scouting locations. But we had never played there. Yeah. And then we did this kind of teasing to the point of clinically dangerous edging <laughs> where we sold out the show three times. Now, here's the thing. And we're going to talk a little bit of inside showbiz here, okay? Yeah. If you sell a show, okay, and then you change the dates, you postpone it. You can send everyone an email that says your tickets will still be good for this next run, or you can have your money back. Right. But if you change the venue, you have to say, here's your money back. You can rebuy tickets. <laughs> you understand the difference. Yes. Opting in and opting out is the difference. <laughs> well, also for me, I would have spent it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we were going to be the last act to play the Sydney Opera House before renovations. Yeah. Right? So Teller's back got fucked up. They had sold it out, or close. In yeah. What we call Glenn sold out. Glenn sold out means all the good seats are gone. Yeah. And it's going to be sold out. Penn sold out means you cannot buy standing room. You cannot buy a ticket behind a post. You know? Right. I remember um, uh, Monty Python announced... They were sold out right. as kind of a publicity stunt, and they weren't, so they had like half the tickets available because they fucked up trying to show off that they sold out quickly. <laughs> Your sold out means the fire marshal needs to be called. Exactly. That's what my sold out means. All right. So they couldn't postpone us into the Sydney Opera House because they were doing renovations. They were going to close it for- so They set up another time. theater, so they had to give all the money back. <laughs> They set up that theater, which is a bigger theater. Okay. Okay. Sold that out. Glenn sold out. Then COVID hit. <laughs> they had to give all the money back. Okay. So in show business, you don't want to ever give the money back. No. But they gave the money back. Then third time, we were back in the city opera house because that's how much time had passed. Back in the city opera house, they had to sell it out again. But one of the uh, results of this was that there were people in the theater who had had tickets to see Pettitella <laughs> for three years. Yeah. They'd bought them three times. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd bought them, got the money back, bought them, got the money back. There is a selection process in that <laughs> of people that did not say fuck it. Right. Those people in the front row are real fans. <laughs> so... It was, I mean, I, 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 we do well in the United States of America. Now, George Carlin used to always complain to me. Not always. On occasion. On a, once. That's what I mean by always. <laughs> How often did you hang out with him? That might be always. <laughs> uh, George and I would talk on the phone now and again. And George would complain to me, I hate playing Vegas. I hate playing Vegas. Mm. I hate playing Vegas. I said, I kind of like it. And we turns out he hated it, and I liked it for the same reason. <laughs> he said, I don't like people coming to my show who bought tickets that day. Oh, okay. I wanted to be thinking about my that. show and be ready. So when George Carlin hit the stage 
in Houston. It was a big night out. People had planned there's for a nine, months. They there's a 90-second ovation. They yeah. They thought about George. Yeah. List, listen to his records. You know, oh, we're going to see George next week. Let's put on AM and FM. You know, yeah. FM and AM. And when we play Chicago, okay, we have been the feature in the Sunday paper. Yeah. We've been on at least two talk shows. I've done morning radio. This is all for a week beforehand. Some people, when I play Chicago, have had their tickets for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So when we walk on stage, that audience is ready to see Penn and Teller. Yeah, it's a big night out. And they're primed. So when we when they say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Penn and Teller, we walk out on stage, if it's Chicago or Boston or New York, sure. I could name other cities other than Vegas. <laughs> it's a huge ovation. And the first four jokes and the first trick get a... Um, Inaccurate response. Right. Past that, you have to start actually doing the show. Yeah. <laughs> but until then, they're just excited to see you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Gilbert's opening. You came here to see me. You saw me. Good night. <laughs> George really liked that. Yeah. But there's something wonderful about Vegas. Because in Vegas, if you're really successful, and we have been very successful in Vegas. Uh-huh. And we have sold out a lot of times in yeah. Vegas, even though we're four, 1,450, closer to 1,500 seats. We filled it up. On the nights that we filled it up, I mean filled it up, I mean filled it up, yeah. on those nights, half the tickets weren't sold the day of the show. Oh, okay. Half the tickets. Right. When we've sold out. Yeah. When we haven't sold out, we will go in with out of – if we're going to sell like a slow night, 800 tickets, we come into that morning with 150 sold. Right. I mean, they're all sold day of show, which means half the people in the theater just said, do you want to go to dinner? We want to see Penn and Teller. Right. You know what I mean? Last yeah. minute. And that means in a, in a couple, maybe only one of them knew who we were. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah. They knew who we were, but they weren't thinking about us. Right. But I, you know, I, I agree with you. That that's one of the things about when I do shows. If that show goes well, that's a fucking miracle, <laughs> right? Because they stopped on a street corner with a stage on it and decided to watch a juggler, and then enjoyed it. If they had a good time, it's a miracle. When we were unknown, yeah, completely unknown, and we would play like Six Flags over Dog Fuck, sure, yeah, like that. Uh-huh. Whatever, North South Carolina or something. Yeah. We would be performing on a stage with no protection from the heat. Yeah. And we would do a 40 minute show, hold people for the whole show, and have people almost passing out at the end. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Okay. Sydney was not. <laughs> <laughs> they were ready for you. They've oh. been waiting for months and months. I mean, years, possibly. They're all three years. They're always. Our audiences are always kind to us, <laughs> but we don't usually get screaming. Yeah, on the on the first view, you know. So I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, that's nice. It is nice. It's kind of nice to walk out on stage and have people have to shut people up. I had to start. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. My name is. Good evening. My name is Pedro. I'm a part of Teller. You know. Well, I will tell you that when I was in Australia with Teller, in very backwood spots, they recognized Teller. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, it's easy to recognize you, 
But Teller, you have to be paying some attention. Yeah. It, uh, we were, you know, stopped, stopped in the street yeah. and, and all the time, all the time. I was very impressed by that when I was there. And, uh, the theaters were beautiful, beautiful, not just the Sydney Opera House, but <laughs> wherever it was we played. <laughs> uh-huh. The Art Center in Melbourne. Ooh. <laughs> and the Q-Pack. Okay. In, uh, Brisbane. Pretty good. That's pretty I knew good. all three theaters. <laughs> I don't believe that's ever happened, three theaters in a row that I knew. You didn't research it ahead of the show to try I to- I did not. That was right Not in your mind. notes right there in front of you? No, it's not. Okay. The Art Center is the hard one because someone just reminded me yesterday of the name of that place. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that person. First of all, the Sydney Opera House, besides being a beautiful theater, you go in like you know the Beatles at Shea Stadium. You go into a tunnel. Yeah. And then you go through many elevators and you show up in the theater. You have no idea where you are. Mm. Well, I have no idea where I am. I think I think Glenn still knows where North is. Can you do that? Yeah, like, pretty yeah, much, yeah. I have no idea. I don't have any idea where, you know where North is now. Yeah. Point to it. It's right behind you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Smacked it on the microphone. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't no see idea. what's a foot in front of me, but I know it's behind you. No, I have no idea. You're no facing, idea. You're facing south. Yeah. Even outside, I have no idea where I am. You go in the, I have no idea where the theater is. I'm standing there. I found uh, the people of Australia. Um, uh, <laughs> Just stop right there. That's great. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, um, our crew, you know, and our yeah. crew have, they have been working, our crew, in show business. You know, the newest people have been working in show business yeah. 20 years, yeah, 15 years. Some of us have been working in show business close to 50. They've been all over uh, the world, really, uh, mostly English-speaking, yes. but, you know, China and Japan as well. I got to tell you, I've never seen them happier with crews than they were in Australia. Nice. They said, polite, competent. They've never said that are, across yeah. the board <laughs> about everybody. Are there higher compliments? <laughs> mm. They just found them all wonderful to work with. Mm -hmm. Just fabulous crews down in uh, Australia. House staff was really nice, and the people were really pleasant, and uh, the shows were a joy to do. Yeah. Shows were joy, joy, joy to do. We just liked them. We liked to have a good time. And in Brisbane, Brisbane is a hippie town. Uh-huh. And you know, I like hippie towns. I know you do. Ah, very fond of hippie towns. And I am very fond of hippie women. Mm -hmm. Give me someone that owns a bookstore. <laughs> uh, I actually were seeing women walking down the street who were wearing bell bottoms, who as they passed, you could smell patchouli. <laughs> could I be happier than that? <laughs> you didn't bring any of them home, no. did you? <laughs> also, Australia, they are crazy for ice cream and gelato. Yeah. We were down there in the winter. Okay. Yeah. So Sydney and um, Melbourne were not cold, but they were 50. Right. Everybody's got ice cream in their hand. Not at 50 degrees. <laughs> Brisbane, uh, there were places, there was an ice cream place, a gelato place. It was good. Yeah. They had, uh, they had not as good as Sideshow Gelato. Or not. Jay Bliznick. Jay's got a spot now, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a spot now, and we got stories in the papers. Did you see yeah, those? I saw those. Yeah. Very nice. Not as good as Sideshow Gelato in Chicago. And if you live in Chicago, you're very, very lucky because Jay's going to open Sideshow wicked soon. Yeah. But very good vegan gelato, chocolate gelato. I was going to ask you about the food. 
Good. Well, everything was French fries. <laughs> the food was uh, not particularly good mm-hmm. in terms of what I ate because uh, the only places I could find open that had vegan food were vegan junk food. There's yeah. a place down there called Lord of the Fries. Yeah. And Lord of the Fries is McDonald's that's all vegan. How funny. Uh, really good vegan hot dogs. And so I ate, some nights I finished the show and eat two large orders of French fries, and that was it. <laughs> so I put on 15 pounds in six weeks in Australia. Uh, not Australia's fault. I'm sure there were vegetables in Australia. I didn't see any. I didn't have one salad the whole time I was there. Wow. That seems crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Nothing but meat pies. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, but the people down there are less fat than they are in the United States. So other people are finding different things to eat, right? Yeah. I mean, I get fat there, but they don't. Hey, Matt. I just got an overwhelming desire to talk about stamps.com. Did you? It just it just rushed over me. Because you know, when you're running a small business, every second counts, even this second. You can't afford to waste a single moment. So why are you still taking time out of your day to go to the post office when you could be using stamps.com instead? You use stamps.com. Yeah. So I'm not even addressing you. It's silly. You all you have this all solved, right? For more than 20 years, stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. All you need is a regular computer and printer, no special supplies or equipment, nothing. Anywhere you want to send, any letter, any package, everything you send out for uh, for scoops, right? Oh, yeah. All of it goes out to stamps.com. And we send out stuff from the Penn & Teller office. It's all stamps.com. You don't have to go to the post office. Nothing. It all works really, really well. Whether you're sending an office uh, invoices, an Etsy shop, sending out your products, or a warehouse shipping out orders, stamps.com is your mailing and shipping solution. Stop wasting time. Start saving money when you use stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with promo code pen for special office that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code pen that's right stamps.com they've been with us forever man yeah they're a good company they're great waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So one of the things I said I was going to do in Australia... Yeah. A running joke I said I was going to do <laughs> was I was going to fuck a kangaroo. Right. And that is running. <laughs> I said, I'm going to go fuck me a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I feel bad about this. I should change myself because um, Teller and the long-suffering Glenn and Aaron and Bert and Zeke and uh, Drew and all the cats, mm-hmm. they would go out during the day. Yeah. And they would enjoy Australia, you know? You know what I would do? Yeah. We should have Nate in here to tell us what you didn't do. <laughs> I would go and sit at the coffee shop. Yeah. And the crew would be coming by on their way 
to different places. Yeah. And I'd be in the coffee shop and I would just be typing. And they would say, we're going to go to, you know, best yeah. place in the world. And I'd say, tell me about it. Good. But finally, they were going to the Koala Sanctuary, Sanctuary in, uh, in uh, Brisbane. Mm. And I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to fuck me. I'm going to fuck me a kangaroo. I'm going to fuck me a kangaroo. It's not a kangaroo sanctuary. <laughs> exactly. It's a koala. And they had a big area where there are kangaroos all over the mm -hmm. place. Okay. So I was there with Zeke. The, you know, you know yeah. Zeke. Sure. I was there with Drew, who's our new light guy. Yeah. New by me, I mean 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And long-suffering Glenn. The four <laughs> of us go to the sanctuary. Okay. And I'm talking the whole time about how I'm going to get me some pouch action. <laughs> I'm going to fuck me a kangaroo. So there's a big field full uh -huh. of kangaroo shit. Right. And then there's kangaroos also. And you can walk among the kangaroos. Okay. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> so I say, I'm going to go over and fuck a kangaroo. <laughs> and Zeke has got the video running. Yeah. He's got video running of me. And I figure I'm going to go over and I maybe do a little something. I go over and I touch. You know how I touch an animal. Yeah. Right? You've yeah. seen me touch a dog. Yep. I yep. don't go over and go, how you doing, fella? And <laughs> no, shake no. the head. I just take. You might as well be putting your hand on a thing of jello. It's yeah. not, there's no enthusiasm for no. it. <laughs> I just basically just touch the animal. Yeah. I go over to this kangaroo. Yep. I just touch the animal. And she lies down and flips over on her back. <laughs> I saw the video. <laughs> that kangaroo said, okay, let's go, buddy. <laughs> Foreigner, God, I love his accent. <laughs> and my reaction yeah. is uh, we're going to give it to, to the patron people. Yeah. Remind me to tell... Uh, to tell uh, Matt, Matt to send it out because the patron <laughs> patron people have to see what my bluff is called. <laughs> uh, the, the classic all talk, no action. Yeah, you might as well have been in front of the the uh, opera house at the same time. <laughs> it is the most humiliating video of my life. Uh, yeah, I've never seen anyone walk away more sheepishly <laughs> in my life. Just the moment where you went. Oh, um, never mind. <laughs> and also you could hear Zeke yeah. laughing his ass off, going all talk, all talk, all talk. Yeah, it's a fine video. Yeah. I'll send you that video. It's pretty funny. So I need to tell you, I did not fuck a kangaroo. Oh, uh, well, and she seemed, if anything, eager. <laughs> certainly, certainly not a fight. No, my bluff was called. My bluff, my bluff was called like you would not believe. It is. I think it is one of the funniest videos. Um, Piff, I sent it to Piff. Of course. And Piff just sent me over. I can't stop laughing. I just can't stop laughing. And then Matt Donnelly. Yeah. Who I sent it to. I wish he were here, because Matt Donnelly, when the crew was ridiculing me, said, "You tell your crew, I'm a star." I do not go for the first kangaroo that <laughs> flips on her back. I have taste. That was not the most attractive thing. <laughs> that that jello mold touch of yours just melted her heart, man. She <laughs> flopped over on her back and put her legs up. It was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also saw me a platypus. Ah, nice. Boy, you know they hunt with uh, electromagnetism. Yeah, yeah. 
and they're venomous and they lay eggs and give milk, although not through nipples. They just leak and the babies just flop around in the bowl of milk. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they... As Ricky Gervais said, they can make their own custard. <laughs> they lay eggs and milk. <laughs> they also, it, it, is, it is considered that it's possible they can't hunt if they get closer to the North Pole. Did you know that? I did not know that. Some people consider that they may not be able to hunt in North America. Well, they're also, what, they glow in UV light. Yeah, they do. <laughs> this is not a... Not a normal. I want to tell you, <laughs> when you're in Australia, go to Lord of the Fries. Lord of the Fries. Once. <laughs> Don't go to Lord of the Fries after every one of your shows um, because you will get wicked fat uh -huh. and your blood pressure will go through the roof. It is salt and fat yeah. and it's wicked good. Yeah. They even have uh, They even have vegan ice cream. It's just the perfect place. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap for people. Also, I don't know. I have. I do not have many complaints with uh, with Australia. Yeah, I just liked it, but uh, uh, I do have one complaint. Uh oh. Our shows were early in Brisbane. Our shows went up at seven. Oh. In Sydney, we were eight. Yeah. So we were down. We were down by nine, and <laughs> restaurants weren't open. What? Yeah. The Australians are not late night folks, eh? They. We couldn't find them. <laughs> There's not an Australian Denny's? No, there doesn't seem to be. All right. Well, I've got a business plan for us. <laughs> yeah. I would think a food cart outside. Because, you know, we're dumping, you know, 2,300 people into the street. Yeah. And they're in a restaurant area, and all the restaurants are closed. Wow. It's, it was crazy. We ended up one night at Wahlburgers. Right. I mean, <laughs> why would you be at Wahlburgers? <laughs> Uh, Travel all the way from Las Vegas to go to another place you have in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. But uh, apparently, Gillettes can't hunt when they're closer to the South Pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we also spent. Uh, there's so many stories from Australia. We spent. Uh, uh, first of all, I just like Australia, and I also want to tell. I was going to lead with this, but I forgot. We leave the country for six weeks and it goes to shit yeah i mean <laughs> the news from the united states was unbelievable down there it's been ugly here yeah really ugly <laughs> i mean people just aren't talking to each other no people no. just hating each other we've decided to hate each other yeah we we didn't even vote on it we just all agreed we're just all the one thing we could all agree on let's all I don't hate like those other. guys they don't like me fuck this fuck them <laughs> yeah it's just amazing it was United really States, my ass. <laughs> and we haven't even talked about my favorite thing in all of Australia. <laughs> and this is going to be controversial. Oh, really? Yeah. This is something that the Australians were listening. Oh, good day, mate. Ben is saying wonderful stuff about Australia. Yeah. Now they're going to turn on me. <laughs> As if the late night dining is not enough. Mm. They're going to turn on. No, they don't mind that. They're going <laughs> to turn on me here. Okay. There's something that I like in Australia. Uh -huh. that no one else likes. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't fucking kangaroos. <laughs> the Australian white ibis. Oh, yeah. I love them. Really? I have never, well, except for puffins. Puffins <laughs> and Australian white ibises, my two favorite birds. Now, you know I like birds. Yes, I do know you like birds. I, I do like birds. Are they like uh, like cow egrets, cattle egrets? 
they follow animals around or what? No, no, no. They they call them. They don't call them um, um, uh, ibis. Uh, not egrets. Ibis. Ibis. Oh, yeah, ibis. Yeah. They don't call them ibises. Yeah, long. Yeah. They don't call them ibises. Okay. No one calls them ibises. <laughs> they call them bin chickens <laughs> because they are in the trash all the time, <laughs> and they have a great personality. Uh huh. Great personality. <laughs> they are uh, ubiquitous as pigeons. Yes. But they are big. They're the size. Ibis is a pretty big bird. Turtle. Yeah. Right. Wow. And there are, if you go to McDonald's and you sit outside of the McDonald's, you can see within your eyesight, you can see 20 of them. Uh huh. And they're big. Yeah. So they are a and real. Ibis, it's a white, good looking bird, too, right? Yeah. 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 With a long beak. Long curved beak. Long, yeah. And they're a just. Scimitar. They're just in everyone's <laughs> trash all the time. And they make me laugh so much. And what's even better in Sydney, they're tagging them. <laughs> so they've got yellow numbers on their wings that you can actually read. Like that's number 26. Can you look them up online? I don't, you must be able to. <laughs> but it means you can get to know them. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's an identifying factor. Very nice. So you know Renee French. Yes. She does little cartoons. Of course. Yeah, have you seen the the animated stuff she's doing now is really fun. I'm in it. Okay. That's what I'm going I for. haven't heard you in it yet. Because she said to me, I want you to do voice stuff. Right. Okay? Along with Damon, uh, Damon Harriman. Uh, she really wanted him to do a voice for her. Yeah. So I went out with uh, uh, Damon, and we had a wonderful time. I love Damon. Uh, one of my favorite actors. I corralled him into doing voice for uh, Renee, but I yeah. said, I want to do voice too. <laughs> and um, she said, oh, I'd love you to do voice. What character do you want? And I said, I want to be an Ibis. <laughs> so my character's name, I named him, is B.C. B-E-A-C-E-E, uh -huh. -E -E, B.C. Right. His name is B.C. And that stands, of course, for Bin Chicken. <laughs> and uh, I have great pictures. I'll give, I'll have, I'll have Matt put those up to the Patreon people too. All right. And uh, also, if you just go to Renee French, yes, R E N E E F R E N C H on anything, TikTok, Instagram, yeah, uh, Twitter, you can find uh, me doing the voice well, of BC. You doing them, but they, the, the ones I've seen have been really funny. They're really good. delightful. There's one with They're the so so odd, so odd. She does the weirdest, and you don't have to invest much time because they're yeah, they're, they're yeah, 10 seconds. fifteen seconds to be a long one. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, they're really, really crazy good. And I, I really... Uh, they make me laugh. I really like doing them. And um, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, we also spent an entire day with Helen Coughlin uh -huh. from uh, Fool Us. Oh, nice. She's the one who's fooled us uh, the most. Yeah. She and Hondro have fooled us the most. They're tied. As a matter of fact, each of them uh, decided that they'd done, after three, they were done. And then they found out the other one had won three. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they both came back, and they both won. Uh-oh. So they, they uh, Hondro said, I, no, I really am done. And Helen said, I really am done. And then they find out that the other one wins, and they go back. <laughs> so um, Helen Coughlin and Hondro have, uh, have, won, have won the most on Fool Us. And they've both become very good friends of ours. Sure. They, which, which shows how much hostility there is in the yeah yeah this is not America's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, we have so 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 much fun with them, 
And so we went out and spent a whole day with Helen. Now, she said she has wallabies on her property. Yeah. But they didn't show up when we were there. <laughs> and then she sent us a picture of the wallaby in her yard afterwards, which, as far as I was concerned, showed she could use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's fooled us on the show. She's not going to fool us with Photoshop. And she lives with her father, uh-huh. uh, Arthur Coughlin, uh, who is uh, a wonderful escape artist. Right. He's the one that works on stuff with her. Uh-huh. And they're both retired. Uh, you know, Helen's younger than me, but she's retired. And uh, and Arthur Coughlin's 90 years old. They live, you know, it's, it's an extended family. They've got, you know. Big chunk of land and yeah. houses. Nice. Yeah, beautiful green. Wallabies. Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out their butts. Allegedly, Wallaby. <laughs> and uh, it is, uh, it's just a gorgeous area. And as far as I can tell, uh, Helen and her father just sit in their garage all the time and think of ways to fuck us. <laughs> and it was a pretty great experience because uh, I think if you were- They had to put cloths over things while you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They showed us a lot of stuff. Yeah. Then there was other stuff they didn't show us. <laughs> yeah, don't look over there. And we would say, boy, that's really amazing. We, I, I have no idea how you did that. And they'd go, damn it. <laughs> I'm sure you'd guess that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it, here we are. We're in the garage. And it was, it, was, it was Nate and Zeke. And they had a couple of their children. Not Nate and right. Zeke's children. Helen's yeah. children. And, uh, you know, Helen's mother. And an extended family, yeah. like six, seven people. And then our guys. We're all sitting in the garage eating uh, vegan banana bread, yeah, vegan chocolate, and fruit. Nice. It was a wonderful, wonderful spread they laid out. And then Helen's, you know, she's in jeans. And then Arthur's walking around, and Arthur goes, oh, look at this. And he dumps over an oil can, like a big old oil can. Yeah. And he says, uh, uh, Helen, get in there. And here you're here you're in someone's garage, and they crawl into an oil can, and he puts the top on, and he locks it, and he seals it all up, and goes, "See, that's pretty good, isn't it?" Now Helen, get out, <laughs> and she doesn't escape, which is just—I mean, you expect when magicians get together for someone to pull out a deck of cards, yeah, yeah, and go, "Have you seen this?" <laughs> yeah, they, they, but you don't expect someone to crawl into an oil can. <laughs> yeah, they don't do much illusion work yeah. in those situations. Yeah, that's fantastic. They also showed us video. They used to have a dinner theater where they did magic every night. Ah, they showed us a vanish of Helen on a Shetland pony that may be <laughs> the most amazing stage illusion I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and we like a scooter was the scooter or Skippy. Those names are the same yeah. to me. I think it was scooter, the Shetland pony and Helen had a great hat. Yeah. He showed us his video and I mean, they just vanish. That's great. Into nowhere. It's, it, it was an amazing trick. Uh, they are just, uh, Helen and, and Arthur Coughlin, two of my favorite people in the world Yeah, and really good banana bread. And uh, we had a, we had a great great time talking, and then we had a pose with her and her trophies, which we all had a hold. We couldn't, you know, Everybody she got a hold one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it was uh, it was pretty great. But uh, Lord of the Fries and Bin Chickens, Bin Chickens, and I'll tell you, Lord of the Flies and Bin Chickens go together really well because they're around each other. <laughs> bin Chickens are very aggressive. Yeah, you know, you know, like they're seagulls, 
But for some reason, I like the seagulls I don't particularly like. Right. Although I did like the one seagull that Glenn took out a hamburger from McDonald's, unwrapped it, got ready to eat it, and a seagull swooped in, <laughs> grabbed it, speared ketchup all over him, and flew away with it. I did like that seagull a lot. But I no tell number you, on his wing, though. Couldn't find him no, later. No, no. Couldn't find him. Congratulate him. But he's um, really, really, uh, really excited about the bin chickens. And, you know, I just keep thinking, boy, it should be nice if they were in the United States. And you know people would hate them. I mean, people hate the bin chickens. Really hate them. I mean, well, and Ibis is such a such a lovely bird. Oh, they're beautiful. You know, beautiful. it's a weird thing to ha to have hate. Well, the, I think the problem is their size and how many of them there are. Right, and the fact so they've earned their hate. It wasn't just they were already good looking, and yeah. now you hate them and they're good looking, which yeah. is a weird thing. And they got they always got those big beaks yep. in the trash. Big beak. In the trash, always in the trash. <laughs> and uh, it's really great. And it's not like pigeons where anybody feeds them. No one's feeding them. <laughs> but they get plenty of food on their own. <laughs> well, they eat bugs in the wild, don't they? Don't, why would they? they eat bugs in the wild. They eat bugs there too, but mostly they eat French fries. <laughs> and they're having a great time. Great time. <laughs> so uh, we got a, you're going to Virginia. I'm going to Virginia Beach. I got a 40 hour drive to Virginia Beach this week. And when do you, when do you and I'll be there through the 25th. I'll be doing shows Ten outdoors. Days. Yeah. Yeah, one day off in the middle. Good luck finding out which day that is. <laughs> have you have you played there before? I have not played there before. This is the first time. And what's the setup? Uh, it's it's a street show setup of some sort. It's long shows. It's 40, 45-minute shows, three a night, starting at you know 7 or 7.30 p.m. And out there in, uh, near the beach, I think. Wow. Yeah. And just fun. you or are there other people performing? I believe there are. Uh, I believe there are a couple of other performers at different locations, so I think there are probably two or three stages there. Again, I, I haven't been, so I'm totally making it up. But <laughs> they're putting me in a hotel for 11 nights, and uh, I'm doing some shows. I will also tell you that when I was down in uh, Australia, I signed a lot of pictures of Matt Donnelly. Really? A lot of Matt Donnelly fans really? in Australia. Yeah. So that was fun too. People wearing well, Matt you should get you should get your friends to open up theater back up and Matt and I'll go down there and do some shows. Exactly. There you uh, go. You know, we were tempted when we were watching what the United States was going through. I was kind of tempted to say, Can we just play Australia forever? Probably it's for a few months. I want to talk a little bit about the the, the temperament politically of Australia well, yeah. compared to the US. But I'll save that for another show. Because right now we talked fucking kangaroos, but you've got to see that video. And uh We'll talk about other stuff, uh, and, and the bin chickens. We'll talk about other stuff coming up. But for right now, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And to our You become naked. Yeah, that video of the kangaroo is pretty great. If you're not a Patreon person, it's worth the five bucks. See that video. You do it for one month and get out, you know? Also, my book, Random. You still get random. You get a pre-order of my novel that'll be out this fall. You know we love you. Hey, Matt, can we to thank? It's time to thank some loyal members of our congregation here on Patreon. Big thanks goes out to Samuel Stewart, artisanalsudoku.substack.com. 
The guy that became a member because he rolled double sixes. <laughs> That's awesome. Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Average Seal, Ben Price, Shane Farah, Matt Williams, plus a $110 boner office, Soapy Fresh, Dang Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Shanathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Ryan, Chris Tehachapi Loop McKenney, Gary Cornley, Danny, hey, good out, does this rag smell like chloroform to you? Ruse, Matthew O'Sullivan, Betsy Batter, Little Mandar, Michael Fitz, the WrestlingIndependent.com, the heartbeat of pro wrestling. And the person who can tell me what plate spring lessons are, Rachel Forrester, Jobeth R. Bowers, Adam Stickney, Sax Guy Jimmy D, Nathan Julian, Some Guy in Shanghai, Christopher Harris, Manuel Vidal Perez de la Mesa V, Petty Officer Scoop, David K, David Peters, Blue Drinks Films, Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, The Big Scoop of Podcast.com, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Jonathan, and Brogan Hastings. Thank you all so much. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.